Welcome to our open house. Instead of examining hardwood floors, closet space, and kitchen layouts, we're taking you on a tour of what's happening across today's mortgage industry. During each episode, we'll hear from industry leaders and subject matter experts to give us an inside look into a hot topic, cutting edge technology, or new trend that can help accelerate your digital journey. Thank you for joining us. Come on in. Hello, and welcome to another episode of ICE Mortgage Technology Open House Podcast. My name is Dan Morris, Senior Director of Product Marketing here at ICE Mortgage Technology. And today, I'm pleased to share a special podcast episode that gives your ears a front row seat to an engaging fireside chat between our president, Joe Tyrell, and mortgage industry leader, Rob Christman, Christman LLC. The interview originally took place at the Mortgage Innovators Conference, during which Joe shared his thoughts on the state of the mortgage industry, how life for both borrowers and lenders has changed post-2020, and what innovations we can expect to see from ICE Mortgage Technology in 2021 and beyond. Without further ado, let's now tune into the interview. I wanted to introduce Joe Tyrell. Joe, I think everybody knows you, but it's it's an amazing company and and, uh, in an amazing environment. So congratulations on all the work that you've done. In mortgage banking, we're always talking about trends and so forth over the last six months, over the last year or so. And we're hopefully coming out of the pandemic here in early May. And I wanted to ask you what kind of trends you are seeing uh, at ICE Mortgage Technology in the residential space over the last six or eight months or so. Yeah, it's been it's been really fascinating, Rob. Um, when we looked at uh, 2020, you know, it's a bit of an anomaly um, from a volume perspective, but we were watching the trends literally at the product level. So looking at cash out refinances versus rate term versus purchase transactions. And obviously uh, from about week seven or week eight to about week 14, there was a massive spike um, in volume. And so coming into 2021, we've been really looking at um, how are we gonna see trends that are similar to that same sort of uh, experience that, that we had at, in 2020. And so what's been really positive is we've definitely seen an uptick in cash out refinances, actually even higher at this same point um, last year. So it's it's really indicative of consumers tapping into that, in some cases estimated $6 trillion in equity that homeowners have amassed. So that's been very positive to see that continue in 2021. Um, we're also seeing a continuation of the second half of last year where lenders started looking really hard at technology that they believe will help them scale. You know, you probably heard many stories as I did of lenders who were literally in a position where they felt they had to turn away business simply because they didn't have enough people to process it. And what we've heard loud and clear from lenders is they don't ever want to find themselves in that position again. So they've really started looking at technology that's going to enable them to be able to take on as much volume as they can without being so dependent on the people. Specifically, we've seen really incredible adoption, especially the starting really second half of last year, even through today, of ADR and ADE technology. So that's automated document recognition and automated data extraction technology. And that's important because as we're shifting to more of a data-driven manufacturing process on the loan side, being able to get to that automation quality data is really important. And then probably lastly, from a trend perspective, we've started to see the millennials really get off the sidelines that they were standing on in 2020 and beginning to be more active in home ownership again. You know, and we recognize that this is an incredibly challenging market for millennials, especially, or any first-time home buyers, just due to how much demand is so far outpacing the supply in the industry. But generally, things are looking really positive to the start of this year. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you touched on the borrower segment. You know, for years it seemed like the industry 
kept waiting for people in their 20s and at that point early 30s to do something you know are they going to get a dog are they going to have kids do they want to own a home and sure enough we've seen uh 2020 and here in early 2021 the 70 plus million millennials they they want to do all that and and more so that's interesting that ice has picked that up so many people in their 20s uh, and early 30s are first-time home buyers and here they are, first-time home buyers in the middle of the pandemic or, or during a pandemic. The, the question I have is, how has the pandemic actually transformed the, the home buying process uh, and the mortgage industry in general? Yeah, it's, it's a great question, Rob. You know, it, and I look at it from two different perspectives. So if we look at first the lender's perspective, it, this was a perfect storm. So not only was uh, the impact of COVID really felt by the industry, but it happened at the exact same time when we experienced unprecedented loan volume. And I know that that term I feel like has been used in, in every conversation you have, but it's really the right way to explain what happened in 2020. I mean, the volume spike that we saw in Q1 was really like nothing we'd ever seen. And so when you brought those two things together, it really kind of tested how ready technology truly was to handle both a complete virtual workforce, but also to do it at scale due to the volume. And I'm, I'm sure you heard the same thing as we do. There was a lot of stories out there about fintechs and a lot of these other new providers who came into our space that just weren't prepared and couldn't handle the volume. And so that caused a lot of lenders to reevaluate their technology partners, their systems, and even some of the day-to-day -day tools that we're using. We happen to see this directly as we had our two highest quarters of adding new customers in the history of our organization. So not just ICE, but as when we were Ellie May, and that happened in Q3 and Q4 of last year. So while all this is going on, you see that lenders, as they came out of you know, that first half of the year said, okay, we've got to really think about putting the right technology in place. And so it's been incredible to see how they've been able to balance all the volume, but still looking to move their businesses forward. From a borrower or a consumer perspective, COVID's really accelerated the demand, but also the expectations for a truly digital mortgage from a, from a consumer borrower's perspective. And I think what we've learned and a lot of other companies have learned is it, it's not just things like the ability to sign documents electronically. It's really the whole process. From a consumer perspective, it's the consistency of the experience. So if you take eClose, for example, you know, we saw a number of lenders kind of cobble together different solutions with the intent to solve a problem when in reality actually created more confusion for a borrower. When they're signing disclosures one way, they're closing documents another way. Borrowers really have expected this single consistent experience. And I think COVID highlighted that. And for us as an industry, we have to be thoughtful about how we introduce the digital experience to the consumer. It's amazing. It's almost as if 60 months worth of technology changes at the lender level have been, you know, were, were put into six months uh, and, and so many lenders. Uh, and I, I will say that from what I've heard from lenders and borrowers, because I know some borrowers during that time period, most lenders didn't miss a beat. It was almost as if the pandemic wasn't going on and they were able to continue to help borrowers, uh, whether they were purchasing or refinancing, whether they were working from home or working from the office, which reminds me, I wanted to ask you, you know, ICE Mortgage Technology, are you transitioning from, uh, I assume most people or have been working from home. What What is your plan for the remainder of, of 2021 with regard to uh, the workforce and work from home versus working from an office? Yeah, uh, and it's something we talk about every week. 
you know, it's, what's interesting for us is we were very quick to move everybody to working from home and we're and our intention is to be very slow in bringing them back. Um, just like all of our customers, when overnight they all had to work from home, we started to learn how to adjust and adapt to it. And what's been interesting for us is the same thing as for our customers is we didn't skip a beat. The incredible volume we facilitated in the industry with close to 50% of all loans in the US are going through ICE Mortgage Technologies platform. And then with MERS, you know, we're literally touching 90 to 95% of all the volume in the industry. And even Simplifile is facilitating all of these e-recordings across the country in virtually every county. So we've proven that we can do this remotely, but we also know that we give up a little bit on the collaboration side. You give up a little bit on just the personal relationships. And I think most companies have proven that you can do work from home. I think the question that we and a lot of other companies are asking is, can you do a career from home? And so we are anxious to start to bring people back. And what we've been doing is tracking a number of other tech companies here in the Silicon Valley where we're located, companies like Google and Apple and Netflix. You know, we track things like Microsoft and other technology companies. And what we're finding is everybody is basically saying the same thing. They're looking to start to bring people back in, in kind of a July through September timeframe. Most companies are gonna institute some level of a hybrid approach and everybody's got a little bit different flavor. For some, that means one day a week working from home. For others, it's three days a week. Some companies are talking about coming in for just collaboration days. Others are gonna do, you know, you're in this week, you're out the next. So we've been able to gather all this information and of course, you know, we're, we're part of ICE, which is a global company with offices around the world. So we're able to really pull in the best practices. Our intent is, and what we've communicated to all of our teammates, starting in the, you know, the first part of September, we're going to start to bring people back to the office. We're going to do it in a very thoughtful way. We're going to also make sure that we're incorporating individual employee issues or needs in that. So it's not going to be a kind of a mandate of you must be back. But we've surveyed our employees pretty consistently through this pandemic. And there is a, a healthy percentage of them that can't wait to get back because you know they're struggling of trying to do their work sitting next to the child or a spouse or a partner. And they're trying to do either their school or their work all on a kitchen table. So we want to make sure that we create that opportunity to come back, but do it in a very thoughtful way. Yeah, I, I recently uh, talked to somebody whose daughter who's taking yoga and dance and PE or whatever virtually is uh, is right above their home office. So I bet folks like that just can't wait to get back in the office. It's interesting. If you look back 13, 14 months ago, back to January, February, early March of, of 2020, of course, I will argue that nobody predicted what could have happened or what has been happening. Here we are in early May, several months later. So predictions, I know, need to be taken with a grain of salt, but there's certain, certainly educated forecasts that can be made with regard to the marketplace ahead for what's remaining for 2021. What are your thoughts about just the general outlook for the market for the remainder of the year? Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, nobody can predict it with certainty, but what we do is we, we leverage a lot of the data. You know, as I mentioned on the origination side, we're seeing half the loans being originated coming through the Encompass platform. And with MERS, we have close to 100% of the entire industry that we have visibility into. And so when we look at the data and we look at the trends, our expectations is we're going to see a healthy level of volume for the rest of the first half. And that's going to be driven by obviously the, the strong demand on the purchase side. It's also going to be driven by a continuation of current homeowners tapping into that equity especially as they're going to age in place 
and start to use the equity to make the home more habitable for them. We do see a slight tail in the second half, but the caveat for us is we're tracking new housing starts. And as we're seeing those increase, especially in affordable housing areas. And that coupled with, you know, there's still a healthy delta from a margin perspective where lenders can drive rates lower if they choose to do so. You know, we expect that we could see an extension of homeowners continuing to do refinance as well into the summer. We also, in just from a macroeconomic perspective in our industry, we would also expect to start to see some consolidation take place in the second half of the year. I mean, you have a lot of lenders out there who've recently added additional funding, or even some who've accessed the public markets through either direct IPOs or through SPAC listings. Um, so I think there's going to be, you know, with that influx of capital into the industry, you're likely to see some consolidations take place. And then I think lastly, what we're really hopeful for is to start to see some new products that are really aimed at addressing the underserved markets. We're excited to see, you know, some of the conversations that are taking place in the new administration in Washington. They're very, very focused on home ownership. One of the advantages that we have now as being part of ICE is the relationships that the company has, you know, at all levels of the government and with different organizations. And so we've gotten some really good insight that there is a very focused and intent effort by the current administration to really continue to spur home ownership, but specifically targeting those underserved markets. So anything that's going to allow everybody to pursue the American dream of home ownership, you know, I think would be good for the marketing and, and good for the population in general. Yeah, very, you raised some very good points. I know we've, we've touched on this a little bit, and obviously here we are in a, in a conference focused on innovation that thankfully the California MBA is, is hosting. And you even have technology in your name. And when people think about technology, normally they think about, you know, what, what was in the past, Ellie Mae and now ICE Mortgage Technology. How do you see new technology like eClose transforming the mortgage industry going forward as we throughout the rest of May and into June and into the remainder of 2021 and beyond? It's a great question, Rob. I mean, when, when you think of something like eClose, and that's a perfect example, people have been talking about eClose and then as COVID hit, it really put a spotlight on the need to be able to quickly bring new technology into the industry, especially things that are going to help improve the bar experience. And so I look at all this technology as really an accelerant of us ultimately getting to this true digital mortgage, but it's gotta be done right. The thing about eClose is it's not just the closing experience. eClose encapsulates the entire borrower experience. And that really starts with the first engagement of that borrower. And so it's about having that consistent experience. And so when you start thinking about a consistent experience and you've got all these different providers out there, it forces you to really reevaluate kind of how you build products. You don't wanna have a consumer or even lenders and the users on our platform having to continually jump from one interface or one experience to another because it's inefficient, it's confusing for, for a mortgage user, but from a consumer perspective, they'll just stop. What's really gonna do is it forces companies to move away from building these siloed products and really shift the mindset to thinking about API-driven capabilities that really can be consumed by any UI. And I think that's going to really be the catalyst for change in our industry. You know, it's interesting. It's, it's like every year, what's going to be the focus? I think in, in 2019, it was all about the POS, right? It was all about the, the consumer experience. The problem is, is that people were only focused on that application. 
And the challenge is that application is only 20 minutes of what's still a 40-day process. And so it's got to be more than just the application. It's got to be, how does that um, start the process and allow for automation throughout? In fact, what, what our focus is, is moving as much of that automation up to the front end of the process as possible. So literally as a consumer or a call center or a, a loan officer is completing an application, we should be underwriting that loan, not pre-approving, but actually underwriting that loan real time. With all the tools and technology we have available, if people are shifting into this API first mentality, it allows us to do all of this asynchronously. So while they're giving you information on question seven, you can be validating it before they get to question 11. And that's really where you know I see technology changing this industry as we come together and, and we stop building these things in a vacuum, but start building them so that they can be extensible and consumed by other products and solutions. That's a very good answer. It is interesting how technology, we talk about technology and I joke around about elderly people being in our industry and taking, you know, still pe people taking applications on a, on a yellow legal pad and then giving it over to their processor to have them actually process the loan and get input and so forth. And we keep talking about technology. It is truly amazing. I think if somebody were to have been out of the industry for more than a few years, certainly five or 10 or 20 years, and then come back and see what's available to lenders, it, they, their jaw would drop. Continuing in on that vein, uh, of technology. As you are well aware, ICE bought Ellie Mae last September. ICE owns New York Stock Exchange. It owns MERS. It owns Simplifile. And uh, maybe you could tell the listeners here how the transition has gone into ICE mortgage technology as a part of ICE and what might be possible over the next five years, you know, without divulging any, any uh, top secret secrets and realizing that you're a publicly held company. What can you tell us about that transition? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been fantastic. And what's been challenging for Ellie Mae is we've really gone through two major transitions, two acquisitions, if you really, if you look at it that way, in the last three years. So we went from being a public company to transitioning to becoming a private company. Uh, and then we were acquired by ICE. And so now we're being, you know, back to being part of a, a public company. And when you go through these sort of transitions, the thing that you worry about the most is maintaining your culture. I think anybody who knows us, who knows Ellie Mae, knows that, you know, we had a unique culture and we're really, really focused on our customers because you know it's it, our solutions are not like using an ERP right you come in in the morning and if if the work day or oracle won't work and and you want to request time off it's not really that big of a deal you just send an email to your boss and say hey i want to take next thursday off if you come in in the morning as a lender and your core systems don't work you're out of business and so we take that very seriously and that's core to our culture and so now that we're part of ice in many ways it's like coming home again. You know, we have a, a visionary entrepreneur as a CEO in Jeff Sprecher. He continues to push us to think outside the box, focusing on the customer's needs, which is which is fantastic. We have this incredible president in Ben Jackson, and, and his focus is on making sure that ICE Mortgage Technology has the full support, expertise, and resources of all of ICE at our disposal. I mean, you, you mentioned that ICE owns the, the New York Stock Exchange. You're talking about a platform that processes millions of transactions in milliseconds. 
And they do that with the highest level of data security and protection. And so bringing all of those resources to bear has is, is been fantastic. But what they did that I think was really important is when the acquisition was finalized, instead of them asking Ellie May to completely integrate into ICE, they asked us to bring Simplifile, MERS, and Ellie May together. And so we've done that now. And we did that so that we could bring all of these kind of best of breed marking leading organizations to the industry in a way that's going to be a very differentiated experience. And so some advantages we've already seen, and that's clear, um, eClose. Uh, we just launched our eClose solution that's available to all of our customers. And what it does is it's that one consistent bar experience from the initial act connecting to the consumer through signing initial disclosures, e-consent, all the way through the e-closing experience. And what we've done is created this seamless experience for the consumer, but along the way, we're eliminating costs and time in the process for the lender. And that's because we're also leveraging the e-collaboration capabilities, the e-recording automation capabilities, and the largest network of title and settlement agents in the industry that Simplifile had. So we've connected all of that with the seamless consumer experience, the largest doc provider in the market, and all the native automation and compliance that Encompass has. And so as we've brought these two together, it's really created this unique e-closing solution. But what's great is it doesn't stop there because now we're in the process of just automating the e-registry into MERS. And so this is straight through automation, all the way from the time you engage the consumer to the time the loan ends up registered in either e-registry of MERS. And so this is just the tip of the spear of what now we're able to do that we're all together. That's the vision. That's, that's why we brought all these companies together. Fully automated origination, straight through processing, leveraging AI and machine learning, but doing so to improve the borrower experience and to increase the margins for the lender. So we're excited that we're part of a company that owns and operates the largest you know, financial exchanges around the world. And I would suspect, Rob, because of that, at some point, we'll probably be looking to bring some pretty unique capabilities to the secondary market of the mortgage industry. You know, Maybe more on that to come down the road, but it's been great so far. And, and we heard it here first. Hey, I appreciate a little insight into the future. And I just wanted to wrap up you know, you, you talk about e e close and e this and e that, and I, there's a lot. You know, people e date and the the electronic technology enter other facets of our lives as well. I know you're so well known in the industry. I just wanted to ask you as as a closing question: What is your day like? What what where do you spend your time? You talked about where you know the transition into into ice and so forth, and and uh, possibly some capital markets things in the future. What is your day spent doing? It, it, I get asked the same question by my daughters every day. So, uh, what's great is when we've made these transitions, we've essentially kept the entire leadership team intact, and that's true from the MERS perspective, the Simplifile, and the LE May. So we have all these incredible leaders, all these experienced, you know, industry technology veterans that are allowing us to at least allowing me to spend most of my day about thinking about what's next. You know, they're they're tackling the big day-to-day -day things like Erla, making that a non-event for our customers. And so that gives us the ability to kind of take a step back and go, how do we further move this automation forward? How do we further help lenders, you know, improve their margins regardless of what's going on, you know, from the from a rate environment perspective. It's like how do we how do we reduce that cost of origination for a lender? And so I'm I'm lucky. I get to spend a lot of my day thinking about 
you know, innovation and what's going to come next and how are we applying artificial intelligence while we continue to support the entire industry with our products and services. So I'm, I'm one of the, the luckiest guys in the industry that I, I get to spend my day and my time really thinking about how do we change this industry for the better? It is, it is a great industry. And I think sometimes that gets lost in the message, but I think you kept bringing it up and it's really about helping the consumer, helping the borrower, uh, and you helping your clients help their bars. And I think that's very, very important. I think that sometimes individuals or companies or technology companies or vendors and so forth enter, enter mortgage banking or residential lending and they think, well, you know, we're the cat's meow. Uh, this is the way it should be. And they don't really incorporate their clients' wishes and what their clients are really trying to do. And I think Ellie May and now Ice Mortgage Technology does that. You do have focus on your clients and, and you do, I know you have all kinds of information that flows back and forth between you and, and the companies that use your services. So congratulations on doing that because it is important. Joe, any, any closing comments that you'd like to give the viewers? No, I just really appreciate this opportunity, Rob, to talk to you. Appreciate um, this association and, and uh, the, the mortgage bankers and all that they're doing to, to help you know, the residents of California as well as every other state realize that dream of home ownership. We're in a unique position that we build products that we don't use, right? We're not originating loans, which means we better be listening to the people who are, which is our customers. So I just, I couldn't echo what you said any stronger. It's all about the lenders and helping them to serve their customers the best way that we can. And we feel privileged to be in this position and to be in this industry.